Welcome to Steeler Nation live here in Rochester, New York. I'm Big O. And I'm Big Tiz. Well, folks out there, when you think of Steeler legends, you automatically think of players like Bradshaw, Swan, Lambert. Those are legends that you see but rarely hear. The one legend that comes to my mind is heard but rarely seen. The voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers since 1994 and the voice of the Pittsburgh Panthers College since 1969. Soon to be honored this December at the National Football Foundation and College Hall of Fame's 50th annual banquet in New York City. The one, the only, Bill Hillgrove. Bill, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, guys, and it's always a pleasure to talk football. Uh, here where I am in Murraysville, Pennsylvania, it's 84 degrees and kind of stifling. <laughs> but uh, before I complain, I have to remember this is what I dreamed about when I was scraping my windshield in February, so I am not <laughs> going to complain. Yeah, we know about that in Rochester up here. Wow. Bill, I want to say uh, this is Big Tiz, and I want to say it's like it's an honor uh, having you on the show, talking to you right now. And uh, as I you know, spoke off air with you, the fact is that Hearing your voice right now brings back the memories to a lot of listeners out there. If you're listening to the broadcast, you get that feeling when you hear Bill's voice that, you know what, is it time? Is the game about to start? Honey, wow. you, know, to, you know, leave me alone. Is the game about to start? I got that feeling right now, Bill. <laughs> I got goosebumps right now. It, it's true. Well, so do I. And I'll tell you why, guys. Uh, it's a, uh, an honor, a privilege uh, to be even associated with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, one of the great franchises in the history of sports. Uh, the Rooney family has made it so. And, uh, you know, you talk about their stability and the fact that they've had three coaches since 1968. Uh, I did a little research a couple months ago. They've had three broadcasters since 1938. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Joe Tucker, Joe Tucker Jack Fleming, and then when Jack retired, they came to me and said, could you do both? And I said, in a jiffy. <laughs> so, you know, it's a real honor and a, and a privilege to be part of this storied franchise. Yeah, not not to forget to mention, six Super Bowl trophies going to get seven this year. So that that's that's a lot to build up. Now, now, Bill, growing up in Pennsylvania, what was it like being Bill Hillgrove growing up in Pennsylvania in the early years? Well, I was naturally a Steelers fan and a Pirates fan, and I went to Duquesne University. And except for uh, Duquesne basketball, you know, I rooted for Pitt football. So, you know, all of a sudden I am doing broadcasts of teams, basically, that I, I, I grew up rooting for. So, uh, you know, the passion part of it was easy. And, uh, you know, I'd, I've always been lucky at the right place at the right time. Well, let me ask you this now. In high school, did you get that, that journalism bug right then in high school, or did it kind of hit you when you got into college? You know, I, I was kind of unique at, at a very young age, at the age of 13. Uh, my aunt, who was a sister of charity, a nun, uh, came to me and said, you know, you're always putzing around with radios with your dad, who's an electrician. Uh, would, you like to, would you like to go to the diocesan radio school in Pittsburgh? And I said, sure. And I showed up uh, thinking that I'm going to tinker with radios and, you know, tubes and all that other stuff. <laughs> And the nun handed me a script and said, read this. And I read it. And she said, perfect. That's what I'm looking for. Wow. And I said, what's that, sister? She said, a 13-year-old brat. Oh, I, said, I, don't need a, I don't need a script for that. No, she didn't make you I on the wrist. Doing, listen, and this is amazing. I ended up doing a weekly live radio drama as this 13-year-old brat in this family. 
and it was called Morning, Noon, and Night. And we did it on WDUQ, which was Duquesne University's FM station. And we also did a couple of shows on WMCK in McKeesport. And at a young age, 13, I got a, a, you know, an indication that it was a lot of fun on this side of the microphone. And so, you know, the rest of it was, was kind of uh, easy in, in that I, I had this passion for sports. I, I, I did on-air work as a, a teenager. And, and so, you know, it kind of just led me down that path. Now, that having been said, and, you know, I, I talk to young people who want to make a career of broadcasting. And, you know, I, I tell them this. Uh, be patient. You know, you, you don't know where these gentle winds are going to push you. So go with them. And, uh, you know, I, I did disc jockey work. I was a staff announcer. I did news. I wrote news. I did everything. And then finally, as a disc jockey in 1969, the program director came to me and said, you know, we're negotiating with the University of Pittsburgh to do the basketball and football games. Have you ever done play-by-play? Aha! I said yes. <laughs> I was a student at Duquesne, I did a lot of Duquesne basketball, and I did some high school football. They had a line of the local high school stadium on the south side, and I, I got to do a little bit of each. And they said, "Great, Ed Conway is going to be the voice of the Panthers, and he'll do football, but because he's on television regularly on Channel Four, he can't travel. So you're going to do the basketball, oh, and nice. that's where it started." Wow. Nothing like going right into the fire, huh, Bill? No. Yeah, well, you know, and, 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 and I will say this. Sure, I've been at the right place at the right time. Uh, but, like, you know, when the opportunity came my way, and I think I was prepared. And I think preparation is the key. Now, Ray Scott, the great broadcaster, whom I befriended when he was still on the staff at Channel 4, when I worked there as a student at Duquesne University during the summers, I, I got to talk to him, and, and I asked him, you know, naturally some some questions about, you know, how do you become a good sportscaster? And he said, Billy, if you're going to do play-by-play, he said, 95% of your work is done before you step in the booth. Ah. The other 5% is the execution and the fun. And you know what? There's a parallel there. It's just like athletes with teams and sports and games. The preparation is what leads to the fun. The right. six days a week that you practice makes the seventh day the fun day. And, and I've, I've taken that lesson to heart, and it's the best lesson that uh, Ray Scott could ever give me. Beautiful. Now, after you graduated from, from college, you landed your first job with WKJF, now known as KDKAFM 93.7 The Fan. Can you tell us how you got that job, and, and was this the job you were looking for? Yeah, well, I was a student at Duquesne, and, you know, uh, when I went there in 1958, we had some older guys who were part of the GI Bill coming back from the Korean service. And so, you know, they uh, said to me, and one of them worked uh, at KJF, he said, I think we have an opening coming up. Why don't you talk to the boss, Tom Doherty, and see if you can get on staff? This is when I was a, a sophomore at Duquesne. And I said, that's great. How much did he pay? He said, $1.75 an hour. Whoa. I wow. Went, wow. <laughs> that's and so awesome. I showed up and I talked to him, and I didn't even do an audition. I just talked to him. He said, you got the job. I said, great. He said, when, I, I said, when do I start? He said, next Monday. Wow. I said, how much? He said, a buck fifty an hour. <laughs> oh, boy. He cut me by 25 cents, but I was still 
still proud to get the job. Oh, of course. And it was, you know, elevator music and a lot of uh, easy listening stuff, they called it in those days. And this is before anybody knew what FM was or where it was going to go. Right. And uh, by gosh, uh, I enjoyed it. And I got to do a dance party show on Saturday nights because that was my shift. And uh, <laughs> I got into the big bands. And so, you know, it, it was a great experience. And you know how things can go full cycle? I started on 93.7. Now I do the pit games on 93.7. Well, I started with that bandstand thing. And here enough, the local jazz channel called me and said, you know, we need somebody on weekends. Uh, it's not going to take too much of your time. Would you like to host a six-hour show on the Internet? I said, sure. And wow. I do it from home. And uh, by gosh, things come in circles. 37 years since I hosted a music program, and here I am back doing it again on a part-time basis, and I'm having a blast. Hey, Bill, isn't that funny how the world turns in a circle and everything comes back full circle? You know what I mean? And, you know, also, if you could tell everyone while you're on that point, uh, about your radio station, you know, where they can find it and how they can listen in. Well, it's the pittsburghjazzchannel.net, and you can uh, do the streaming thing in two different varieties, one of which is the MP3, which is easier for me. And also it's on WYZR-FM, which is 88.1. It's the uh, FM station for Bethany College down in Bethany, West Virginia. Unfortunately, it doesn't kind of bump into the Pittsburgh area uh, with a too strong a signal, but it's still on the air, so you know, people can hear me every Friday night from 2 a.m. until Sunday night at, or Saturday night at 2 a.m. So what they what I do is a six-hour block, and then they repeat it three times, and it's a blast. Nice. Well, guys, uh, you know, listening to the radio station, to the show tonight, actually, you know what? Got to check it out. Bill is the man. I, believe me, I'm just listening to you talk, and I'm – I, it just it just sends chills down my spine because I'm thinking about football right now. I'm yeah, I'm, all, I'm I, amped up, Big O. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm amped up. I'm pumped. But uh, Bill, we wanted to know you broadcasted for football, basketball games, baseball. Was there one sport that you truly loved broadcasting for the most out of all of them? You know what? They're apples and oranges. I haven't done too much baseball. That rhythm disturbs me. You have to have too much. <laughs> you have to have too many stories to tell. Because there, are, you know, as you know, there isn't a lot of action. But I am a baseball fan, and I consider myself a purist. I, I love a one nothing game and all the strategies therein. Uh, but uh, a, a lot of fans say, "Oh, one nothing, that's boring." I don't think baseball's boring in, in any way, shape, or form. But I never had had the chance to do much. Dick Grote, my partner on good basketball, and I did a couple of Big East championship tournaments, um, and we did them on, I guess, the internet on the pit. Uh, website uh, from Bridgewater, New Jersey, and also Coney Island, New York. So, uh, we, you know, I've had a little enough baseball to know that that's a tough grind, especially the major leagues where you play every night. Uh, I don't know how those guys handle that travel uh, in football and basketball. Uh, it's you know, it's one two nights. It used to be uh, two nights for basketball, and now University of Pittsburgh charters almost everywhere on basketball. So. You know, you do the game and you get to sleep in your own bed that night, and uh, I, I like it. I do just enough traveling to enjoy it. I can't imagine living out of a suitcase for two weeks at a time no. like the baseball guys. Oh, no. Now, now, Bill, you were hand-selected, hand-selected by the Steelers owner Dan Rooney to replace the tiring Leo Jack Fleming as play-by-play broadcaster for the Steelers. Not only were you replacing a Steeler broadcasting icon, but being handpicked by the Roonies, can you tell us 
what you were feeling, what you're going through when you got that invite? It was a job I did not seek. Jack Fleming was a friend of mine, and we talked after he retired, and he indicated to me that he could get kind of a bump uh, because I guess, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what the situation was. I'm sure age had something to do with it. And, uh, and I, I, you know, out of respect for Jack's friendship, I wouldn't seek that job. Right. And besides that, I was, I was doing Channel 4 sports at 6 and 11, actually in those days more 6 and 11, <laughs> and I was doing University of Pittsburgh football and basketball. I had a full enough flight. But I get a call from the sales manager who said, Mr. Rooney keeps asking for your tape. And I said, what tape? I didn't submit a tape. <laughs> he said, well, he's using your tape to measure up all the ones coming in from around the country. And the more he hears you, the more he likes you. And I went, uh-oh. Oh, boy. And I said, I guess I'm up for a job that I didn't seek. And uh, a couple weeks later, the TV boss called me and he said, I have some good news and some bad news. I said, what's the good news? He said, you're the voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I said, what's the bad news? He says, you're taking one hell of a pay cut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in those days, you know, TV and radio were kind of disparate in salary, and they probably still are in many regards. Uh, Maybe it's less so than in those days. uh, But, you know, believe me, more than made it up in in the ability to do commercials and, you know, that type thing. So uh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because all of a sudden in 1994, at the age of 53, I'm a full-time play-by-play guy. Wow. And you know what? I, I don't think a lot of people around the country can say that. As a matter of fact, you know, again, I think Gene Deckerhoff and I are the only two that do both college on Saturday and NFL on Sunday. Gene does Florida State and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I noticed that, so too. I... It's, it's, it's like a lofty position, and, you know, it's something I don't regret. And people say, well, you know, how do you do it? And I said, well, I was blessed with a lot of energy. There you and go. I told Dan Rooney that when he asked me a couple of questions before he pronounced me the voice of the Steelers, can you do it? Do you have the energy? And I said, yes. God gave me an abundance of energy. And to me, you know, that's uh, one of the keys as well. It's, it's gotten me through. That's awesome. Now, Bill, I mean, you, you go from replacing one icon to working alongside the immortal Myron Cope. Can you tell us what it was like, in, like working with him and, and your relationship outside of football? Well, I had a preview. First of all, I was there when Cope was invented. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was a disc jockey. This is the truth at WTAE Radio, middle-of-the-road format. And the program director called everybody in, all the jocks and all the news guys, and said, look, we got to beef up our mornings. We need to do sports commentaries. Does anybody have a suggestion? And I said, well, Roy McHugh, who was a writer for the Pittsburgh Press at the time and one of the finest sports writers I've been around, he's still around, Roy's in his 90s. I said, he'd do a good job because, you know, his writing ability. And Ron Reidinger, a news guy, said, "Uh uh-uh, I drink with a guy at Dante's who's off the wall. And the boss said, who's that? He said, Myron Cope. And Yoy. they hired Myron to do morning commentaries, Yoy and Double Yoy. And then the Steelers <laughs> hired him to do the color commentary. And, uh, you know, one of the great broadcasting careers was uh, beyond the embryo stage, and I was right there to see it. <laughs> but, you know, Cope and I had, we, we knew each other from Channel 4 and TAE Radio, and we played some golf together. And I had a preview. Uh, in 1983, Johnny Sauer, who did University of Pittsburgh, uh, and, you know, color analyst, 
uh, his doctor told him his heart was a little shaky and that he couldn't go in 1983. Like three weeks before the season, uh, I need a replacement. So the boss at the time, program director, called Myron and said, Myron, he said, Hillgrove needs a partner for pit football, and we think you should do it. He goes, oh, come on. He goes, I got, I'm not on my plate. I got morning commentaries and night commentaries, TV commentaries and a talk show and the Steelers. I got a full plate. The boss said, your contract is coming up in January. He goes, I'm all ears. Oh, boy. And so he said, you're going to do Steelers on Sunday, and you'll help Hillgrove on Saturday. So for a whole year, I had a preview of of what it would be like to work with Myron Cope, and certainly it, it, it augured well for me. Uh, it, it, it was a blessing in many ways, but uh, he was so unique. Uh, he was just, you know, he was over-prepared. You talk about the race cop theory, he would bring a stack of index cards in about an inch and a half thick to the broadcast booth every Sunday, and he'd rarely get past halfway. And I once said to him, I said, Myron, you don't even use half of these things. Why do you have so many? He said, Billy, if we get a conqueror of the game in the fourth quarter, i got to make it interesting. Those are the stories I'll tell. Wow. I love the voice. I love the voice, Bill. Yeah, you do a good Myron Cope there, there, Bill. That's pretty oh, good. He was, uh, he was unique and, and a good pal, and I miss him every day. Yeah. Um, what was the greatest or most memorable Steeler game or Panther game that you've ever broadcasted? I have two that I can easily tell you. The first is Tony Dorsett getting the pitch out from Tom Usick at Navy Marine Corps Stadium and scoring from 33 yards out, number 33, breaking Archie Griffin's NCAA rushing record. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 when he did it, I just said, this is, this is the best college running back I've ever seen. This is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. And the emotion got hold of me, and I had tears streaming down my cheeks, and I couldn't talk. So I turned to Sauer, the old grizzly veteran who did NFL forever, did some Steelers back in the early 60s and a lot of uh, you know NFL TV. And I looked at him for help, and he's got tears running down his cheeks. It was one of those great moments, and it was capped by the fact that the whole brigade of midshipmen doffed their caps. They fired the Navy cannon, which they never do for any opposition. And then Tony's mom and dad got out of the stands and walked around the perimeter of the field and received ovations uh, from everybody concerned. It was just one of those wow. once-in-a-lifetime moments that uh, I'll never forget. The Steeler moment is pretty easy. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald scored the touchdown uh, and put the Cardinals ahead in Super Bowl Forty at Tampa. And there I am uh, figuring, oh, we're backed up here. We have a holding call. We've got a little over two minutes and change. Right. Ben's right. got to take him down the field. How's he going to do it? Well, he was precision. Every pass he threw hit a Steeler pair of hands. Wow. And Antonio, I'm sorry, Santonio Holmes should have caught the one in the left side of the end zone. Right. And he got the one in the right side of the end zone on the next pass uh, to seal the deal. And that was one of the greatest uh, pro moments I've ever been around. And, uh, you know, I'll just never forget that. Wow. Uh, now, Bill, you've, like I said, you've called a great many Steeler games and, and you know, college games as well. But you know what? You met a lot of Steelers as well. What? Who was your favorite Steeler out of all? I mean, you've met a lot of Steelers. Well, that's a well. tough question, and, <laughs> and I'm going to be fair to everybody, but I've had several. Um, you know, Terry Bradshaw and I had a very good relationship. And I remember him saying to me 
when Dan Marino was a senior. He he pulled me aside because I wasn't doing the Steelers games. I was doing pit, but I was covering for television, so I'd be in the Steelers locker room after games, and uh, he'd say, Bill, how's Dan doing? How's Dan doing? <laughs> Every week, you know, he, you know, because the quarterbacks have that, that, that club that they all belong to, and they all care about each other. And, 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 it, and it told me a lot. And, and then I remember, you know, Bradshaw saying to me, you know, Billy, people don't know how tough it is to play this position. They think it's easy. Yeah. He said, I'll come out sometimes on, on a given day, and I can't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> so I'll call wow. a couple of spring passes just to feel good about myself. <laughs> you know, and, and that, that relationship, you know, just gave me uh, kind of a lot of uh, uh, respect for what quarterbacks go through. Uh, Jerome Bettis was a, a delight, and, and it's great that he's finally going to be in the Hall of Fame at Canton where he belongs. Uh, Jack Lambert was crazy and nuts, uh, but you know, he, after a game, if you needed a quote from him, he'd make you wait. He'd go back in Tony Parisi's equipment area and smoke cigarettes until he came down off that cloud that he was always on when he played, and he'd give you any quote that you wanted. I mean, he was very cooperative once you waited and were patient. Wow. And, and Joe Green, you know, the, the gentility of the guy who was a maniac on the field and uh, in real life was anything but. A little bit like Polamalu. You know, Polamalu's right. the nicest guy in the world till he snapped the ball. Right. And then he's a, a raving maniac. Oh you know, God. I mean, there have been so many. Uh, wow. it's, it's really almost unfair to ask me to single one out. Oh, that's, yeah, you, you, you're right. It's true, because I don't have a favorite. <laughs> I love them all. But, Bill, this, this, this is the part of the show we're going to wind down. And what we call this, we call this at Steering Nation Live, the Blitz. And we're just going to ask you some random questions, and you're going to have to think off the, off the cuff for these. Uh, okay. Nothing wild, I'll nothing crazy. All right. So if you can change one thing in your past, what would it be? One thing in my past? If you can change uh, it. Uh, one thing in my past. Uh, wow. <laughs> See, I tell you, this is the blitz. I, you gotta... I, had, I, had, I had a DUI. If I could change that, I would. All right, that's fair. I like that. I like that. That's honesty, too. I love it. Love it. Best advice anyone has ever given you? Ray Scott, prepare. 95% is done before you step into the booth. Best advice I ever got from anybody. Beautiful. Now, if, uh, if Hollywood if Hollywood was going to come to Pittsburgh and make a movie about Bill Hillgrove, what actor would play you? Jack Nicholson. <laughs> All right. I, I, I could buy that. That's it. Yeah, okay, I can see it. People don't know how crazy I am, but he would bring that to the surface. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Now, Bill, if you were stuck in a foxhole, name one person who you would want to be in that foxhole fighting beside Bill. Uh, that I want or didn't want? That you would want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I want? Yes. The one guy that you want beside you to get you out. My brother, John. We've had each other's backs uh, ever since we were five and zero. Beautiful. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great choice. Yeah. That was, that was the blitz round, you know, Bill. We want, And we also want to take time out to, you know, Thank you again, you know, for the for the job you have done for us all Steeler fans out there. And I'm pretty sure I echo the sentiments from myself, Big O, Absolutely. and other Steeler fans out there. 
who love to hear you and hearing you talk is just sending chills down my spine. Oh my god! Especially I can't believe you, I'm talking to you. Yeah, especially when you just made, uh, you know, you started talking about the Super Bowl with uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I remember that because I was out somewhere yeah. and I was listening on the radio, hearing your voice going through that. It's amazing something to see and something to hear and and to hear you now on Steeler Nation Live. You guys. This guy should be paid homage to. Like I said, oh, you are a absolutely. great stealer, and we want you here well, to recognize that. Yes. Thank you for your kind words. Do you have time for a quick story about the Larry Fitzgerald touchdown? Absolutely. From you? Sure we do. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I got all night. Uh, this is like that summer after that Super Bowl in Tampa. A priest friend of mine was retiring and celebrating his 50th year as a priest, and it was in Clymer, Pennsylvania, a little town outside of Indiana. And uh, there's a big mass and then the, the church hall thing and then of course i retired to the back porch of the parish house where they had the real beverages and i'm having a real beverage and this lady came between the parish house and the church and said no he'll go exactly the person i'm looking for we're the smith family from climber and we're devout Steelers fans and we had the terrible towel draped over the tv set and when larry fitzgerald scored that touchdown and ran by polamalu we were silent we couldn't say anything and finally, my husband pipes up and said, we have to say a prayer to a saint to get the Steelers back on top here. What saint do we pray to? <laughs> Silence. The seven-year-old kid pipes up, let's pray to Myron Cope. <laughs> Gotta love it. And the rest is history. <laughs> saint Myron. <laughs> like I said, he, he was there during the games, and he's still with us. I mean, it, it's, like I said, it's a tribute with you guys. I mean, it's amazing the stories that we get from you guys. It, it is amazing. And we, we also want to know, you're, you're still doing the, ja the jazz as well. And uh, come again. We're trying to get to make sure everyone has the address for, for what time you're on and what's the station ID. Friday nights, I come on at 2 a.m. and I'm on for 24 hours. It's a six-hour block that they repeat three more times. The Pittsburgh Jazz, it's actually pittsburghjazzchannel.net. And uh, you can access that on the internet. And uh, it's, I have a blast with it. I've always had a passion for jazz, uh, and I just enjoy it. I don't pick the music, it's a playlist given to me, but that's a challenge because then I got to go prepare uh, for some of the names I don't even recognize and find out who they are, what they play, do they sing, you know, and, and all of the above. And it's, it's just been a kick. Well, Bill, again, we appreciate you stopping by Steeler Nation Live. Anytime you know you want to feel that urge again to talk, and we want the fans to hear you. Like I said, you're you're a, a Steeler beyond belief, and you know there goes more than just putting on the pads and putting on the helmet, but the other side of the sport. And oh, and, yeah. you, and you're and you've got that covered. You're an MVP there, brother. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, well, thank you for your kind words. But guys, let's do this during the season so we can, uh, you know, kind of update the Steelers and see where they're headed. I have a good feeling about this team. Uh, they're going to score a lot of points, uh, but can they stop anybody? And that is the question. Here, they're younger, probably faster on defense, but uh, you know they're going to miss the guys who just left. So let's see how that all plays out. I got, I got a question for you. What are the chances? Now these are just chances. I don't I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot for Steeler Nation Live to be in the booth with you someday to watch the master in action. That'd be you. Well, you know, the NFL has a pretty restrictive policy toward visitors, but I think if you guys, uh, you know, uh, really want to do it, I think we could probably work something out. Absolutely. That that would, I mean, 
I could go. I I could go to heaven after that. I mean, I'd be done. I'd be all set. I'll have my. Steelers are at the Bills four o'clock. Uh, Saturday. What is it? August thirty first. Okay. Yeah, that's in our area. Give, give me that date. Give me is it the thirtieth? It's it's right around there. Right. We're in Buffalo for a preseason game that starts at four o'clock. We can talk. We can talk offline, off air, and discuss some stuff there, Bill. Well, Bill. we can negotiate. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love it. I love negotiations. Bill, again, thanks for giving your time here at Still Nation Live. You're the man. You're the legend. And yeah. everybody here, when they hear this, when they hear this taping on this broadcast, they'll I'll make sure that they know the name again and the and the sounds that they hear coming out of that. The headphones are yours, brother. Yeah, the the voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, we're talking to you. It's Thank amazing. you for your kind words. I really appreciate it.